Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me, outside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go and subscribe there. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave us a voice message. We'll get to a lot of those today. Or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com for your emails. Without any further ado, Chris, how's it going? Oh, it's going just fine. Happy Friday, everyone. We've made it through another week. Shout out to all my CPS parents out there that are prepping their kids to, to go back to school. I know it's a... Uh, today we did supply drop off, so or we're doing supply drop off today. So that's always exciting and nerve wracking, especially in today's current climate. But the kids are excited to be back, and uh, we really have no control about what happens. But uh, they're going to be out of our hair finally, and that summer went by super quick. Uh, so you know it is what it is. But uh, here we go as the, as we get closer and closer to October. Here we are brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms. We figured today would be a good day to roll out a mailbag, Herb, because, you know, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of questions, big picture questions that you guys have been throwing at us. And we've been so in depth with these games lately, we haven't had a chance to really talk to the people here. But before we get to the mailbag, uh, Carlos Rodon took the bump yesterday in Toronto during the getaway game for the White Sox and Jays. And uh, Herbie, your thoughts on Carlos Rodon? Thank you, Chris Tannehill and Herb Lawrence. This is Herb Lawrence reporting after that exciting 10-7 to victory by the White Sox. Oh, it's just an amazing game by the White Sox that made it much more close than we wanted it to be. I'll start where we always start, with the starting pitching. I said that Carlos Rodon's going to go four innings, give us like two earned runs, and then be taken out because he's on a pitch count. Of course, he's on a pitch count. He went five innings through 67 pitches, 46 of them for strikes, gave up two earned runs. One of them, I believe he should not have given up, but I'll get back to that in a second. But for a guy coming off a little rest, a little recovery, I thought Carlos Rodon was out there doing the damn thing. I think he should have had a better game because in the first inning, it was a one-two count versus Simeon. I think his sixth pitch overall for Carlos Rodon in the game and Rodon aces him with the fastball 97 miles per hour in the low quadrant of the strike zone, low and inside. It was still a strike. Home plate umpire Jordan Baker didn't give him the call. I thought he had it. Everybody in the building who was a White Sox fan, everybody on the Twitter feed thought it was a strike, just didn't give it to him. So what happens? I think a 3-2 count, hot hitting, Marcus Simeon hits his 31st home run. He shrugged the shoulders. He just looked good. He looked like the guy that was coming there. Sorry, I'm getting interrupted by so rudely by Tony LaRusso. He's doing this post game. Let me turn him off in a second. Hold on. All right, guys, I'm back. Yeah, I'm in the score studio right now. That's why this mic is so crystal clear. Right after the game, looking at Scott Pacetic and Chuck Garfine breaking down the game on the post game while I'm recording Tony LaRusso doing the post-game interview with all the people assembled on the Zoom. So this was a good win for the White Sox to split with the Toronto Blue Jays after how poorly they've played in this game. And it was a welcome sight to see them hit the ball for extra base hits, hit the ball over the fence. We saw the tweet the other day from Chris Kamka in the first three games. The White Sox had 30 hits. Nice. 10 hits per game. Awesome. But 27 of those were singles. That just... Bad. That's really bad. These guys, except for Yasmani Grandal, are at full strength. So 27 singles is unacceptable. Today, we had Savala with a double. Lurie with a double. Home runs by Abreu. Cesar started us off with the home run. Home run by Robert Jimenez. We had a lot of 
production today with the bats. Timmy, of course, he's a straw. They had no problem seeing Hanju Ryu for what he was today, and they crushed him. Absolutely crushed him. Timmy went three for five, set the table like he's supposed to, drove in a couple runs. He is the catalyst of the offense and the most important player on the White Sox roster, bar none. Got the scoring started with Cesar Hernandez, as I said. He's not been great with the bat as of late, but his defense hasn't slumped. He has been awesome with the defense and saved his pitchers a couple runs by just ranging to his right, ranging to his left with great plays today. So while his bat hasn't been great, he had a great home run today. The glove still plays for Cesar Hernandez at second place. It was good to see him kind of get out of his offensive doldrums with that home run, and then he got another hit later on, two for four on the day for Cesar. Now let's get to the bad parts. I don't know if necessarily you say that's a bad outing by Michael Kopech, but it's not a good outing by Michael Kopech. Not at all. His slider, the first one he threw, I think it was to Kirk. It was filthy initially. Then the pitch that Kirk gets that hit on, it was a slider that just stayed middle-middle, and he shrugged the shoulders on that one. That slider he threw to Simeon. Middle in, didn't do anything. And the industry, they call that a cement mixer. And Simeon is on one. He hit his 32nd home run of the year and made it really, really tight. Nine to seven after a five run all earned on Michael Kopech, which I don't know if they should have been because what Brian Goodwin did right there, it was a nine to two game. Seven run lead. Runners on first and second, and there's a single to right. Slow runner, Kirk, who I just discussed, is on second. Let him score. It'll be a six run game. Keep the runners at first and second. We're all good. Or at least at the very least. Hit the cutoff guy. Nope. Bad throw. Air. Guys get to second and third. The very next hitter, Kopech induces a ground ball, which you know, I know this the space-time continuum is not the same, but if they're at first and second and he does the same thing, that's a rack em up 4-6-3 with a runner on third. Now you have two outs. Let that run score. Who cares? But since they're on second and third, that ground ball to second, deep in the hole, scores a run and gets a guy to third. So this is what we need to do. doing. Brian Goodwin has been solid with the bat. His defense for me is left something to be desired. I do not like him, especially specifically in center field. I don't like him with his decisions as of late when he's doing that type of thing. You got to know the situation. It's a seven-run game. Let that run score. Who cares? Keep the double play. Don't get the big inning going. And this is where the people you keep on hearing them say, hey, Make sure you don't open the door for a big inning. And that throw opened the door for a big inning. Now it's up to Michael Kopech to pick up his teammate and strike out the next guy. But you saw Michael was not the Kopech that we've seen before. He's got the plus fastball, but the slider was hanging for the most part today. Um, it's a re, I mean, it happens. It happens. Just a bad outing. I'm not worried about the guy in the future. It happens. Now let's talk about those good bullpen arms. With the 9-7 game, your booty's a little tight. Get that TBS. But we shouldn't. Ryan Tapera is a revelation. He had a bad outing to start his White Sox career. Gave up a rocket home run and got booed at guaranteed rate. Thought it was ridiculous. Ever since then, that man's been lights effing out slider is tight came in one inning pitched struck out two here's a tweet from brian bilek at brian bilek ryan to in august 10 innings pitch 16 strikeouts three walks one earned run amazing dominated in the seventh inning then in the eighth inning i'm not i know a lot of people were belly aching they're like ah we're having garrett crochet come up versus uh was it randall gritchick Dickerson, who was a who was in the game at that time, it turned out to be Guriel Jr., who was a right-hander, 
and Maguire, who's a left-hander. And I looked up the numbers before those matchups, and I was like, Grichik is the one that does the most damage for his lefties, but he doesn't do a lot. I think his slugging was in the 400s. Dickerson, of course, a left-hander, doesn't do a lot of home damage uh, as far as home runs and doubles versus lefties because he probably doesn't play them a lot. And Maguire, the same thing. So I was like, I'm not worried about this too tough. Garrett Crochet's been showing out a little bit. We need a lefty. As we saw last night, Aaron Bummer has been struggling in his last couple outings. Not the guy that we've seen a couple years ago, 2019, 2020. It was good to have Garrett Crochet in there because he's going to be our number one lefty going forward because you can't have Aaron Bummer out there for high leverage situations anymore until he proves himself. And I love what Garrett Crochet featured today. He looked the part. He looked confident through a filthy slider to um, get Gritchick out with the first out and then just got the other two guys out. And in the ninth, I put up a poll. We were going to see Hendricks here. We want to see Kimbrell here. I'm such a fan of Tony going to Kimbrell and saying, hey, it was a two-run lead at the time when he got him up. Aloy hit a home run in, to make it a three-run lead, but it was academic. Putting Kimbrell on the mound right there was the right move. Firstly, his last outing, not great. Secondly, it's back in his role. So he gets the adrenaline. You get to see the guy that we brought over here and the reason why we brought him over here. You saw that filthy slider. You saw it, right? Mercy. There was no hitting that. First pitch, 97-mile-per-hour fastball. They knew was coming. Couldn't mess with it. Then another fastball. Fouls it back. And then that tight slider. Mm-mm-mm. Delicious. Then gives up the hit to Vladdy Jr., but who isn't? It's soft contact up the middle, whatever. And then induces a soft ground ball back to himself to end the game right there. So it's good to have Craig Kimbrell back to being the guy that he is, the Hall of Famer that he will be. And here on moving forward, I'm sure Liam doesn't mind, and I'm sure Tony's thinking about it. Let Craig Kimbrell be the closer. Let Liam Hendricks be the setup guy. Let Tapera be the setup guy, whoever. But Craig Kimbrell, you're leading to Craig Kimbrell. At their best, Kimbrell's a better pitcher than Hendricks. Why wouldn't you want both of them be at their best? I think Hendricks can pitch effectively in the eighth, the seventh, the ninth inning. Kimbrell, we've seen in his career, is not a setup guy. Something about that 25th, 26th, and 27th brings out the animal in him and gets out. And that's what we need. I've been saying it for weeks. I hope they have listened to me, and I hope this was a preview of what we're going to be seeing in the months of September and October. Oh, I definitely agree with you there, Herbie. Absolutely. Uh, just one of those games where Carlos Rodon did a thing of that Carlos Rodon uh, is tend to do uh, once in a while. So just outstanding, uh, or maybe not so outstanding, depending on which team you were rooting for yesterday, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, man, <laughs> I sound so good. You really did. Why did you? Why did the quality ramp up? Like you sound like you went into a studio just to give me a Carlos Rodon breakdown. I appreciate the effort. That was not necessary that's how i do it right there man. i'm a professional man yeah you get, switch up the mics and such yeah just so i can get serious about my carlos rodan thoughts guys so yeah. you could hear those and man was i really fired up about that great appearance he had yeah it was great to see him out there no doubt um while he was out there all right man, so so, but... many, so many pitches though like man, he pitched. Yeah, he had the fastball, the slider. You know, they were was, all all the pitches were there. Absolutely, they're they you know, touching the pillows and going <laughs> places. Man, man the they, Sox they did in the Toronto tr- had a game there. They did the, the trench, the boys in the trench. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, that's good job, Herb. Uh, should we open up the bag? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're gonna try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. We love emails too, despite the fact we don't get a chance to read them every single night. We try. We always look, and sometimes what we do is we uh, we we'll, we'll hoard emails. We'll 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 obsessively, compulsively compile them for later. Voicemails as well. But if the Locked On White Sox podcast listener wants to get their emails or voicemails read or heard on the show, Herb, how do they go about doing that? Locked On Sox at gmail.com for emails or three one two five six six eight seven two seven for your voice messages. All right. So, Yasmati Grandal, before we get to the to the mailbag here, I'm assuming by Monday 
We don't have the news yet as we're sitting here taping this. I'm assuming Yasmani Grandal is going to be back with the team likely by Monday. So this will be our last chance to talk to you guys before the weekend. I'm, I'm assuming he'll be back for the Cubs series. There's no reason to have him down there in Charlotte any longer. He's doing his damn thing down there. Uh, but this this struck me as really interesting, Herb. This is uh, Wes Helms, who's the manager of the Charlotte Knights. You know, we... Yasmani's been, you know, persona non grata since he got hurt. He was had this surgery, and we were like, "What the hell? He's got surgery!" And all of a sudden, he's doing a rehab assignment. That guy's a machine, um, and we just haven't heard much from him. He's not a guy that talks a lot. You know, you don't see social media video, uh, social media videos of him down there in AAA like you do like when Eloy was there, you know, for better or for worse. You saw Eloy flopping around like a dead fish out there in the outfield. And, you know, just a, it, it's not the same when Yasmani's down there just putting the work in. But Yasmani is down there in Charlotte, or he was down there. And I thought this was really interesting. Here's the manager, Wes Helms, just talking about the presence that Yasmani Grandal has had with some of those, those young guys down there in Charlotte. Grandall is just baseball through and through. I mean, you know, he's the guy that texted me yesterday on the off day and wants to know who's starting for Durham. I mean, you just don't get that with everybody. He's locked in. He's, he's, I mean, he's just, he thinks about everything. And then to watch him sit in the clubhouse and play cards with the guys and be in the cage working with Nate Nolan on his framing, I mean, that's to me the, the best thing of having them. I mean, yeah, having him hit second behind the plate calling the game, that's a plus. But just to see him in there with the guys, working with the guys, just talking baseball, hey, let's let's do this, let's do that. Hey, think this for the runner on second. That's what these young guys need. And, you know, it's not just the physical things. And for a big leaguer to be here to give his time like that, that's special. I thought that was really cool, just getting a little bit of insight on what's going on down there at Charlotte. We don't talk about the lower levels much unless we have the very informed Mike Rankin and James Fox talking about it. But a lot of times we see those guys as just, you know, let me know when they're here. That's kind of our, our philosophy on this show because we deal with the big club. And, you know, when the guys are down there doing rehab assignments, we don't think much of them. We're just like, all right, just let me know when the guy's ready to come back. But it's stuff like that. You know, when, when you've got a, a, a lifer like Grandal, a guy with a big contract going down there and making a positive impact on these guys' lives, I think that that's pretty damn cool because we don't hear much about Yasmani. Uh, you know, you heard he's kind of a peculiar guy at times, and you know he's not a super gregarious guy. But to know he's there, putting the work in uh, with the White Sox youngsters down there, I thought that was really cool. And when you can make an impact like that, that's the stuff that people will, you know, you could you could take with you uh, when your big league career is over. You didn't, you know, it's not like oh, this guy, you know, you, you hear stories about guys buying food or buying hotel rooms, yeah. like guys for lower the lower levels, but at AAA. Not uh, as needed as much, I suppose, but uh, just him putting in the time with these guys. And you, they mentioned, you know, working with Nate Nolan, the catcher, on his framing. I'm wondering if Nate Nolan can come up now <laughs> and be the backup catcher. But I thought that was pretty cool about Yasmati. You know, I, I I don't know if you get if you feel the same or either way, but I, that that stood out to me as something. I I'm kind of a baseball, you know, I'm a sentimental dude. I like that type of stuff. I love the cheesy our game stuff, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and. You know, I've heard contrary to what that story was, reports of him being a bag or a guy that's a me guy yeah. in the clubhouse. I mean, he has been on a lot of teams in his career. He's for the talent that he has. It's been a lot of teams. So to see that he's taken his time as a pro to impart knowledge to these youngsters or guys who are a little older just have been going back and forth from majors to the AAA level. It's good to have that. It's good to have somebody who's been in the show so as long as he has dropping dimes on him, dropping some jewels on him so they can take that with them and get to the next level. Because, you know, that guy knows how to, you know, maintain, how to take care of his body, how to do the little nuanced things that, you know, lay people like us wouldn't know. And so him doing that for the AAA guys, especially since I've only heard bad things about him as in the clubhouse. As far as, you know, not being a guy that is very gregarious. Or a little yeah, aloof. I, I heard a, a former player call him. He just, just he's, he's weird. He's an odd guy. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like not necessarily bad guy, but just like he's weird. I, I've yeah, heard one former player say that. Okay. And so, yeah, this, it's good to, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a good guy, but oh, no. it's good to hear that. Absolutely. And that's one of those things, too, where years from now, someone maybe comes up from that Charlotte team or wisdom that's instilled from Yasmani, maybe that person, you know, pays it forward and passes that on to someone else at a lower level than that. You know, maybe someone gets bounced back down to double A or single A. And, you know, five years from now, all of a sudden someone's at the big league level, either for the White Sox or someone else. I'm like, oh, yeah, it was I learned this 
uh, when Yasmani Grandal was was down at Charlotte. Like someone told me this, or I saw it personally happen. Like you know, someone from another team. You know, this type of stuff. It it matters. I think so. That, I thought that was very cool. All right, so let's get to the mailbag. And uh, it's certainly good to uh, have Yasmani back with the Sox. I think this offense needs an on base guy like that with a little bit of pop. I know we've got a lot of pop in this lineup here, but just a, a guy with the the on base. Uh, credentials and also just you know we've seen how important defense is behind the behind the plate as Sebi's kind of been shaky lately he made a couple nice plays the other night uh, catching bummer but uh, I think a guy we're gonna be we're gonna see, sit here and be like man I can't believe well we we should talk Rondal all this time <laughs> so I'm looking forward to getting him back all right first email uh, this is uh, not labeled here because uh, it was from an odd email address so please put your name on it uh, it says hola senor Tani y senor Herbie First off, I want to say I love listening to your podcast, and I'm really thankful for the content you guys provide and do for us. I wanted to talk about the quote-unquote magic number, and I wanted your guys' opinion on it. Do you guys think now is the time to start counting down the magic number for punching in our ticket to Soxtober, or is it still too early to talk about it? Love the show, guys, and keep riding out the first-place position. Go Sox. Thank you for your email. Herb, magic number talk. Your thoughts. I think... It always brings joy to people to know how many games they need to win. And the combination of them winning and losing from Cleveland has to happen till us winning a division, which the White Sox haven't won since 2008. It's good. You know, it's good to look forward to things. It's look good to have plans for something. So if that's your bag, if you feel good about that, do it. Celebrate it. Look forward to it and mark it down whenever you want, because, you know, it lets you short just to be, you know, nitpicking about things like I usually do. So this if it you find joy on it, go for it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm not going to be a yum yucker here. I won't yuck someone's yum, but I, I, I'm a believer. I like round numbers like when George Carlin was talking about the bit of uh, the 10 commandments like uh 10 sounds official uh, let me know when the when the magic number gets to 10 that way i can count down myself and know if i can enjoy a, a clincher in person because i do want to do that this year i want to see the Sox clincher division in per- person i've never seen it in my entire life so I, i'm down when it's when it's 10 so that's that's when you really get close here but i don't think players care about it i think it can only provide bad things like if it's in your head like if whatever it is now i have no idea what the magic number even is now um but i think 10 game lead 10 game magic number that's when i start to pay attention personally but if, if that's something that that gets you through and that's that's fine by me i agree with you her but yeah i personally i don't really pay attention to it till much later but i i do think it's cool because you know that's the one thing you have here in early September when your team is good. This is one of the things that you should be looking forward to. Like, oh, here we go. We can ramp down to the, finally when it hits zero. I think there is a bit of a release when that happens. And we talked about that a little bit yesterday. So I think teams look forward to that. Um, not necessarily the the act of the counting numbers down, but they know when they're in a clinching position. I, I love it when you have like, you know, maybe the Sox are on the West Coast and and they they see that Cleveland lost early today. And they know if they go out and win this ball game tonight, they can be division champions. Stuff like that. Like when they already know in their mind, like because they definitely know they scoreboard watch all that stuff. So that type of stuff is cool. I hope it's not anticlimactic where I think it happened with the Cubs a few years back where they won a game and had to wait for the result that happened on the West Coast. So it was the flip flop of the scenario I was talking about. And they they found out in the middle of the night and they kind of celebrated the next day. I think that was maybe in 2017. Um, I, 2016 was an awesome clincher, I think, for them. But t- 2017, I think, was a little bit weird. Uh, so I, it was one of those years where it was an odd celebration. I think this team deserves a real celebration. So mm-hmm. just something to, to think about there. All right, let's check in with the voicemails. 312-566-8727. 312-566-8727. This one from the 309. Hello, Christopher and Herbert. Oh, formal. Good day to you, gentlemen. And to you. Good day. Uh, I was wondering what your opinion is on Mr. Gordon Beckham. After watching him in this series and a few series before, it's been building up, and uh, I've come to really enjoy his broadcasting. However, when I searched him on Twitter and Reddit, it turns out I am in the extreme minority, and most of the White Sox fandom seems to find him boring, dumb, and other adjectives that I've read that I won't even repeat on such a clean, uh, godly podcast as uh, the ones you find gentlemen host. So oh, what is course. your opinion on Gordon Beckham? Why am I in the minority? 
Am I just too drunk to figure out yes. why people hate him? <laughs> Love the show, guys. Keep it up. You're obviously uh, too drunk, but that's just in general. I don't know if it has anything to do uh, with, with the Beckham stuff here. But, um, you, you know, her. before we get to Gordon Beckham here, uh, one of my favorite quotes from one of his earlier broadcasts here against the Astros. I thought that, you know, uh, you know hindsight's whatever. Usually 2020. Usually it is 2020. Uh, but Gordon Beckham, <laughs> I, is, I know, you, you tipped me to that, and I went back and grabbed it. Hindsight is whatever. Uh, I love that. Put it on a shirt. But, no, I think he's been pretty good, Herb. What about you? Yeah, I actually enjoy him. I know we've gotten used to and spoiled by Steve Stone. He's great. Even Darren, he's great at his job. And the rapport he used to have with Ed, I think he'll develop with Lynn because he's a, a rye wit guy. But, we got spoiled with these analysts that we're gotten used to also, you know, even if Steve was bad getting used to a person, you're like, okay, this is what my cup of tea is. And so when you hear something different or it's a total left turn from what you're used to, it's kind of jarring. And I like what Gordon brings the, the self-deprecation of his career. Um, it's a little humor energy and very much. So he's new. I mean, he's still like freshly out of the game, young, so he knows these people. He knows That's, the pictures. Yeah. He knows gives you good stories. So I am a fan of what Gordon does. And I don't know if it'll be a spot for him for a future White Sox team. Steve is up there. He might want to retire one of these days. If he does, I will have no problem with have Gordon audition for the job and see if he can take it. Uh, for the TV job. Yeah, the Sox have a pretty good uh, staff of former players who can make uh, good contributions on the TV side. Pods do, you know, filling in in the post game. Of course, Big Frank when Big Frank only comes out like for the big series because he's a, he's a he's mm-hmm. a big wig at Fox and all that. But they've got a pretty good stable there of, of guys. But yeah, I like Gordon. I I, I do. I, I like the the energy, like the talk show vibe. We've talked about that. I think in the last mailbag, people don't like the Jason Benetti talk show. I personally, I dig it. I like when. It's it's good back and forth because that Wednesday night game in Toronto was like well over three hour game and it was only a three to one game. You know you need something to, to keep the the pace up a little bit, and I, I think he is informative. It is it is cool when you have a guy like you said who's faced some of those guys in some of those bullpens and he knows what it's like to face some of those guys because he's not far removed from playing and also. He, he he provides insightful things like the whole thing when he's talking about hitters leaking like oh you see him out here leaking a little bit you know like st- terms that I had never heard re- like before and then he elaborates on them and all of a sudden it becomes part of the vernacular and you're like oh okay I get it now like that's stuff that that you can you take with you after he moves on and and you know Stoney comes back and you know you'll remember that type of stuff and you'll be looking for that type of stuff so I dig it I like the Gordon Beckham thing but I also love Steve Stone so I, I think in a in a in a 162 game season. It's good to mix it up. You know, I like when Len's on TV. I think that DJ should be on TV more often. I think, you know, as you said, a lot of people don't know how, how good DJ truly is. Like, I like when he's doing the TV side. This is a man who's done, you know, the, the Fox National games back in the day. So, and he's only gotten better over the years. So, yeah, I like the variety of voices in there. And I do like Gordon Beckham. I'd like to hear some more stories because I know he's got some about Pauly and he just won't share them. Uh, but I want to hear some more stories there. But I think those will come as he gets more comfortable. But I love the self-deprecation and uh, all his stories involve him hitting a, a, a soft tapper to third base. That's my favorite <laughs> part. Like, I faced this guy hit a soft tapper to third base. Uh, that was awesome when they were talking about that the other night. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan and I'm, I'm cool with it, uh, more of it going forward. You are not the only one. Yeah, you may be drunk, but you are not the only one, my friend, uh, to, to enjoy Gordon Beckham's. And stay off Reddit, uh, which, uh, unless it's about cryptocurrency, uh, there's really nothing good on there for you. Um, next one coming about in. About the here. frogs turning gay. <laughs> no, that's oh, not that's the wrong that, one. Yeah, that's, that's not Reddit. Yeah, bad. yeah, come on. Um, next one coming in. This is Mike Margus in the 630. Chris and Herb, glad you had the talk about Yohan Moncada. Even myself, I started getting a little sour on him. He's not a big emotional guy that people would like to be, but a really good player for our Sox. I hope you're right, and it becomes huge in October. Great podcast, by the way. People have to listen to uh, listen for a while before they get it. Keep it going. I don't know what that means, uh, but we appreciate the kind words. People have to listen for a while before they get it. All right, that's fine. I uh, mean, I think maybe it just means like we have to listen our a long thing, time. Our thing, yeah. Like yeah. it definitely the reason only reason why we're successful it's not because we're good because we suck it's because people know us from the score and they feel like they knew us beforehand. 
So it's like jumping into a conversation with friends already. I think that's why we're successful. It's not because we're good. Uh, so, you know, full, you know, take you behind the curtain there. So I think that's what our man Mike means. But, yeah, thank you for checking in on Yoan. Yoan's hey, a, man, a compliment is a compliment. I'll yeah, take it. And exactly. the 6 real, always a great place. Act, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you as always. And got to get Yoan going. Like, when I look at these games now and I look at guys who are performing, like you look at Bummer, I'm like, okay, he's fine. Despite the hiccup the other night. He's fine. We got him going. Put him in the in the got him going category. And then you you have guys in the other category like, ooh, got to get him going. Yoan's one of those guys, you know? So, like, that's how I look at this thing from going forward. And Yoan's not a perfect player. And, again, go to Sox Machine for a deep dive on his struggles, and, and you'll see some good stuff right there. So, uh, But thank you for the email. Go ahead. Sorry. And he has a 12 or 13 game hitting streak, too. <laughs> yeah, there's no way to know. Um, uh, yeah. So, either actually, he only has a 13 game hitting streak if he didn't get a hit today. Day, but he did today <laughs> yes exactly great job Yohan. that was a great home run yeah who was it someone tweeted that the, a couple days ago like yeah you know uh he's been really bad during this 10 game hitting streak you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know i thought that was very poignant uh but uh, you know he certainly uh, lo- looked lazy on that uh on that uh, rbi single the other night you know that did a nice job hitting it the other way you know uh you know getting one in on him and oh yeah it was just you know he just barely ran hard to first base you know after getting an rbi single there that he was not going to be able to advance the second on no matter what so you know how it goes uh we kid of course we don't believe that we're just talking about some of these twitter tropes about yoan moncada no doubt all right we've got another one here a voicemail 312-566-8727 oh look who it is it's a friend of ours good morning gentlemen it's white Sox ralph from beautiful South Carolina, where it is five in the morning, your time, so it's still dark here. So I, so I feel you guys from last night. Enjoyed the ball game, but I need help once again. So I call you guys. Mm. My grandson is three and a half years old, and they're trying to get him potty trained. He's in beautiful Kansas City, just moved there. And Grandpa, in a moment of passion, said, if you go on the potty, I will get you White Sox underwear. That was hmm. three days ago. That's all he talks about. He's still not there, but I'm in a panic because I don't know. Is there White Sox underwear available for small children? <laughs> so I don't think you want to look that up. That. Uh, also, I got an answer. News, the White Sox are in Kansas City in early September, so my other two grandsons likely will be able to go to a game to see our wonderful first-place White Sox. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, appreciate that. I would, I would say, I would get him some Royals underwear. You know, if you really want to, you know, <laughs> if you really want to mm-hmm. drive home the message there, I will not Google children's underwear. It's just not a thing that I'm going to do. <laughs> but we appreciate your email, Ralph. But I, I am a dad here, so I think I, I'll take this one, Herb. And if you want to uh, to chime in, uh, anything after the fact here. But I remember those days potty training. Uh, not easy. We, we I was just talking to my daughter the other day about how we we had to bribe her with a a troll trolls doll. Uh, the 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 uh, hug time poppy is the name of the doll, not David Ortiz. Hug time poppy, P A P I. This is P O P P Y. Uh, hug time poppy and it gets shot in a Dominican restaurant. Um, that's uh, not that one, but this is. So we bribed her. Say, hey, if you if you go on the potty, we'll get you this. And then you know they, these kids, they'll do it on their own pace. We eventually you know came through and fulfilled our promise that you know. But it, it, you know, it takes a while. This is very boomer thing for uh, for Ralph to say, like, "Hey, it's been three days and nothing's happened. What's going on?" You know, so you got to give these kids time. It, it it's been a while. I know you're you're a grandpa, but remember what it was like in those days. Maybe you were lucky uh, with, with your with your children and they were potty trained quickly. But I can tell you, just anecdotally. You know, I always feel weird, uh, like, you know, sometimes you'll go to Target and you know, like, oh, kid needs some uh, some new unmentionables. So you swing by the, 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 the section over there and you try to go in stealth because no one wants to be a grown man in the children's underwear section. And you can file that drop away forever, put that <laughs> on my tombstone. Uh, but I can tell you, I've never seen sports team themed uh, trousers, uh, not trousers or pants, but, uh, you know, uh, undergarments. I've never seen it before. 
it's you know it's just just not a thing that I've seen. I'm assuming it's all Marvel stuff for boys, and I know I could tell you it's a Disney princess stuff for the gals. So I've never seen sports team ones, and I could tell you I've been to grandstand enough times where I, I would have remembered if I would have seen that. So good luck to you, Ralph. It's going to be a tough one. Um, you know you may have to 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 break out the sewing machine and, and make your own pair here uh, if you want to come through on your promise to your grandson. So uh, Herb, unless you can come through, uh, you know you don't have any children. So if you knew the answer none. to this, it would be troubling. Yeah, I would just <laughs> say that, you know, he's three, three and a half. You probably don't want to lie to him, but, you know, give don't, him, a, don't give him some. Yeah, just give him a, a self-made socks thing. You know, put a marker on it and say, hey, these are, here's a white socks thing. He wouldn't know the difference. Grandpa, don't know anything. Ramp it up, Grandpa. Get a jersey for the youngster. Just like, embroider it yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah. With a socks logo. Yeah, you, Buy one of those. Yeah, you may have to get out of your own deal here, but you're going to have to double down on something good, like get him a jersey or something. But uh, that's awesome uh, that, that you're going to get to watch a game with your, with your grandchildren. And it's got to be rough living all the way out in South Carolina when you're uh, – Grand uh, grandsons in Kansas City, so that's uh, got to connect however you can there. So, but I did check MLB.com. I just searched underwear, okay, on MLB.com, and yep. one of the top results was White Sox underwear. You just type oh, type it in, and the White Sox one automatically populates. Um, and the number one selling uh, one of the number one selling undergarments on MLB.com is like Field of Dream style logo boxer shorts for men. But nothing there for the youngsters, unfortunately, okay. and some stuff for the ladies there as well. Uh, I mean, <laughs> technically, he could buy those boxer shorts. You, you didn't say they have to fit you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Where, those are white socks. These are white socks <laughs> underwear. Like I promised. You. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, so yeah, that, that's a good a good job by you. That's that's good in, in, uh, in improvising there, improvisational parenting. I'm gonna be a horrible dad. No, you're gonna you're gonna be just fine. Um, more of your emails and phone calls next here on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. A little health and fitness update here. I am down 24 pounds. I'm so close to hitting that 25-pound mark, and it's all thanks to Built Bar. Well, not all of it, but without Built Bars, how would I ever be able to have delicious, healthy snacks that prevent me from falling off and having stuff like cookies and cake, stuff that's bad for you, loaded with sugar. But with Built Bar, I have a healthy option here. I even take them on vacation. They're so great. And they've got a new flavor out now, Rocky Road. It's got marshmallow and almond. They're on BuiltBar.com now, but you got to act fast. Sign up for the email and text alerts like I did so you don't miss these new flavors when they drop. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, they've got some great flavors up there. Along with Rocky Road, you've got orange, strawberry, coconut, mint brownie, salted caramel, raspberry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and even cherry barcia. All great flavors. I was able to snatch up German chocolate with my last order. I still got a few of those left. I'm kind of hoarding them, but they're one of my favorites as well. And Built Bars, as you know, always packed with protein, 17 grams of protein in most, and only 130 to 180 calories, depending on the bar you get. But best of all, only four and a half grams of sugar. How amazing is that? It's all the great taste, but without the guilt. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get yourself a free gift. And right now, when you go to Built.com, you can use our promo code LOCKED15, and that's going to get you 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Next one coming in here. Uh, we got we, we go from that to this. Uh, this is from uh, our guy Joe Peduta. Hello, gentlemen. After suffering through Saturday's game, I'm thinking Dallas Keuchel is no longer a starting pitcher. Writing this before Lopez's start today, but I'm thinking he should be in the rotation instead of Dallas. Lopez ended up uh, pitching a three-run ball the other day. Uh, giving Raylo 2.0 starting experience may be helpful for the future. The counter-argument is he's clearly done really well out of the bullpen and gives us a reliever who can shut down the opposition for several innings, and that's when he's really valuable. And Dallas is eating in innings, and we are 11 games up at the time of this email. Uh, what do you guys think? That's Joe. Herb, Dallas Keuchel, uh, out of the rotation. People are not happy with old Dallas. I don't know what he does otherwise then. Like, yeah. like what's his use? <laughs> Makes a lot of money. Yeah, like. If you can, it's a luxury of eating innings for Dallas. And I hear you out there, Joe. It's a meritocracy, or at least it should be. And if Raylo's pitching better than him, he should get the spot, the start instead of him. And you just figure out what Dallas has to do there. So, yeah. Um, if it continues, yeah, I'm, I could see Raylo 
doing one of these spot starts just to give everybody an equal amount of rest if they need to, like Carlos will need uh, maybe Dallas and maybe Lucas. And you see that Raylo, okay, this guy will be starting every fifth. He's in the rotation and we'll get Dallas Keuchel now the spot starts if need be. If because yeah, Raylo's still got what? Is he a free agent after this year because we non tendered him? Yeah, yeah. And so he's got some some value going forward if he keeps on pitching like this. You can maybe get him on a really cheap deal if you see something and maybe he'll be amenable to an extension before the year is up. Yeah, that that's a good call right there. And here's the thing Dallas Keiko complicates things a lot and I'm not saying that he's done and just the fact that he's out there making starts for you I think that's a good thing the fact that he takes the ball and he and he doesn't provide any problems with giving guys other guys in the rotation rest he clearly doesn't need it he had a late start to the season uh he doesn't pitch incredibly deep in the ball game so you know and he's pitched enough in his career where he's probably not tired and he seems to be Seemingly pitching better as the season goes. I know that outing last week in Tampa Bay wasn't great, but we talked about that at length about how it was kind of just he got babbit to death on a fast field, and that was the end of that. But you know, I can see a situation where he's pitching meaningful innings uh, for the White Sox. You know, as you know, Herb, it it depends too, like where you're playing. Like if you're playing in a dome and and like you're in Tampa or you're in Houston. I don't know if I'm going to start Dallas Keuchel because you're talking about playing on fast turfs and with, with no weather controlling the outcome. But if, you, if all of a sudden you have a, a, a chilly October evening on the south side, I maybe want Dallas Keuchel out there uh, inducing some weak contact out there. He, Dallas Keuchel hasn't been getting bombed out there. He's just given up a lot of contact, which if you have the right defensive alignment behind him, then he can do things for you. And that gets back to the whole thing about him being problematic because then you have to have Vaughn and left. You have to have Engel and right if he's healthy. So, And you have to adjust accordingly, and you have to make sure that your uh, infield defense and your spray charts are on point. And I think, by and large, this year for the Sox, they have been. But, yeah, the, the Dallas Keuchel thing, it's, it's going to improve, I think. And, you know, it'll be a start-to-start thing. And I, I could see, though, Dylan C's making a start ahead of him in the postseason. We talked about that two uh, nights ago. So, yeah, it, it's not fun. And every team's got a bad contract. And I'm not saying that the, the book is closed on Dallas Keuchel. This is why he's here, is to pitch in October and to pitch meaningful games. So, whether or not I want to give him the ball, that's another story. But, you know, he, maybe he had his loan opportunity last year in Oakland, Herb. I, I don't know. But uh, it's it's, yeah. it's not and a I slam just, dunk. And I just looked up Raylo's uh, deal on SpotTrack. Not, not? Yeah. He's he's got another couple years of arbitration. I uh, thought him and R- Rodon had the same thing, but he still has the arbitration years, which Rodon does not have. I thought there was uh, once you're non-tendered, then you, you relinquish whatever. I thought so, too. Okay. But I was wrong about that. So I was trust I. the folks at Spot Track there, and so he's ARP eligible for his second year next year, third year in 2023, and not a free agent until the 2024 season. So, don't no need to. It's a good guy to have here. around. Yeah, good guy. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that, that I should yeah, I should have known that. Yeah, like the, the guy got his has his rookie rights of arbitration. So yeah, that'd be interesting. So at least we know we have Ronaldo here uh, to, to to maybe be a long man out of the bullpen like that. You know, I know they they don't really use long men anymore, but it's always helpful uh, throughout the course of the season to have him floating around. And I've uh, been really impressed with him. But yeah, man, uh, the Dallas Keuchel thing. We'll see where it goes here, but I get the frustration, no doubt. So uh, moving on here, a uh, couple things here. All right, this is this is an issue here that uh, has really been top of mind for everyone. Is a, a two-tiered question here because we had one emailer and one voicemailer check in with this. The uh, This is actually on Twitter. Excuse me. This is at Smell Says on Twitter. You guys think Kimbrell is internally maybe kind of for sure mad that he's not getting save opportunities to get that 500 save benchmark needed for Hall of Fame closers. He's 29 mm-hmm. away and seeing what next year might look like for him. That's Smellus on Twitter. And in return here, we have uh, a voicemail from one of our guys, Mark. And here's what Mark has to say. Hey, Chris and her Mark in Litchfield Park. Uh, just wondering if Kimbrell is checked out because he's concerned about activating this option year in his contract or if it's the eighth inning or what is the deal with this dude, man? He's not there. He's not been very good at all since coming over. 
And the offensive woes, I, I don't know what to say anymore. It's just becoming really ugly. So, thanks, guys. Sorry to end it on a downer there with our, our buddy Mark, uh, but Mark's is uh, as real as it gets here. So the, the Kimbrel thing, Herb, do you think that's weighing in Kimbrel's mind that he's so many saves away from 400 and from you know uh, punching his ticket to Cooperstown, and he, and he knows that he's in all likelihood – I don't know. That's still, I'm not ruling it out for next year, but he knows it's it's. If you had to bet on it, him getting those 400 in a Sox uniform, it's not going to happen for him. What do you think? I would think that people would understand that he is one of the best closers of all time, and putting him in that role will be the best for everybody involved before it's too late. And I hope you are wrong. I hope he does get his 400 save in a White Sox uniform because people are like okay let's do it let's stop messing around as we thought maybe on tuesday was the night we're going to see that his first opportunity just to close out a game where uh liam Hendricks is his setup guy but that didn't happen uh, i just i mean yeah and mark is right a little bit he has not been good as a white Sox pitcher i think it's the role that he's in and you could say whatever you want. Remember, he went over to the Cubs. I was explained this already. He went to the Cubs late. He was not the pitcher he was before. Then he had a full offseason, came back this year, and was the guy that he was before even better with a .49 ERA with the Cubs. Like, that was a closer. And he has only finished three games as a White Sox pitcher in 10 appearances. Like, that's not his spot. You're putting a guy that is it's like putting Frank Thomas out there to play first base. He'll be fine, but we need him only for his bat. Don't put him out there to cost us runs, to cost us games. That's what I feel about Craig Kimbrell in the eighth inning instead of let's close this goddamn game out in the ninth inning. Ironically, Herb, it was Tony La Russa uh, under his watch when Hawk Harrelson decided to put Carlton Fisk in the outfield uh, in 1985, I believe it was. Um, so, you know, these things have happened before with the same manager putting guys out of position here. So, But I would think this is a nuanced thing. If you're a Hall of Fame voter and let's say, for example, Craig Kimbrell is on a, a meaningful pitching staff with the White Sox in the next two seasons, let's say he doesn't have save op- many save opportunities next year. He's going to get some. But 29, uh, not likely, I would say. Um, but let's say he leads the Sox with, into two deep postseason runs here in 2021 and 2022. Hall of Fame voters are going to recognize that. Like, this guy was a good teammate, and he changed his role when he was so close to baseball immortality for a closer, and he decided that to be a good teammate and change his role. That that matters to Hall of Fame voters, and I don't think it's going to be part of the, of the real anti-Kimbrel discussion there. Um, but I do think... The, the results on the field speak for themselves, and the White Sox just have to to figure it out before this thing really starts to mean something here because we all know. Everyone knows what the, the move that needs to be done. I don't know if it's just Tony waiting for the right situation because he knows he has some time here. Um, you know, Maybe would have we would have seen it on Wednesday night had they gone to the ninth inning with the lead because we knew Hendricks was going to be off the table because he had pitched the two innings the night before. So I do think we'll see it. Maybe we'll see it this weekend against the Cubs. Here's that. Here's your former team. Go ahead and get 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 the juices flowing again, get him feeling good again against his former team, although I don't think there's much ill will there against the Cubs. It's, it's kind of a different situation, but everyone knows what needs to happen here. We've been talking about it from the beginning. I thought it wouldn't matter. I thought they would just alternate closers, you know, different guy, different night, and all would be right with the world, and the two guys would never appear in the same ball game until until October, but they, they, they got to get this thing figured out, man. And it's it's hanging over my head every time I watch this team and every time they have a lead late, which is not often lately, but every time they've got that lead, I think about what's going to go down here. And you have to wonder, you know, I hope there's some clarity here. We know Tony had to sit down with Kimbrell in the Tampa series and he, the way he managed that game last Friday night, he, he admitted it was bad. So hopefully there's enough good equity there to build on and, and we can make this thing right here with this team because I think it's vitally important the uncertainty, no one on the on the team wants that uncertainty at the end of the ball game. You know, I know Hendricks has been good lately, but everyone even on the team knows the the right decision I think that needs to be made. They 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 all have played this game. They've all faced Kimbrel in the closing situation, I I would believe. So 
they got to make this thing right here, and hopefully it starts this weekend against the Cubs. You, you would think there's going to be some leads, multiple leads here. I'm not predicting a sweep. They ought to sweep. Um, you know, the Cubs are playing a little bit better of late, but they're still no damn good. So you would think that they're going to have a lead late in all three of these games. The only question is, will it be a safe situation? So we'll preview Monday's show next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survival Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using our promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait, take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts and do not forget our promo code locked on when you sign up. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, number spirited mailbag edition here, but uh, that's all I got. For Chris Tannehill, at Chris Tannehill. Monday show. Name. Sorry. Breaking protocol oh. here. Monday show. What are we doing? We're going to recap the Cubs series. Ah, uh, okay. Um, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> will it? Yeah. Like, there's no win here. Like, when they swept the Cubs last time, like, it was fulfilling, no doubt, but because it was na- on national television, you know, but that Cubs team was not the same Cubs team um, that, that, that that we knew. And now I expect them to handle business, but it's going to be even less fulfilling, and it can only be aggravating if the Cubs win a game at this point, considering where they last left off. So we'll, we'll break that all down for you on Monday's show. I'm oh, thinking about maybe if they're in a if position. Two, if they win two out of three versus the Cubs, I'll be very pissed, more pissed <laughs> than a person should be when you're taking a series from a team. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll head out there. I think maybe if Sunday, if they're in a position to sweep again, I don't think they've ever swept a season series against the Cubs, a six-game series. Uh, so uh, maybe head out there and uh, and and sort of bask in, in that glory if that situation pre- prevents presents itself. So uh, we'll break that down on Monday show. I want to thank you guys for listening. It's been another fun week, I guess, fun ish week. Uh, but definitely your your company and your emails make it a uh, a lot of fun. And thank you uh, Herb for allowing me the opportunity to go out and have a good time last night, so we can get this show in the can, as they say. But uh, that's all I got. That Tim Dillon joke he told that one one. <laughs> oh, Hilarious. Yeah. That thing you said you about remember? Lori Lightfoot, that was so oh, on man. point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, God. that thing about Afghanistan he was talking about, man. Oh, man. So truth, truth hurts, man. <laughs> and men and women, the differences. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. All right. That's all I got. That's Chris at Chris Tanhill. My name is Herb, Wall 23 We're at Locked on Socks. Thank you for joining us tonight. Have a great weekend.